Section 83 of United States Senate Election Expulsion and Censure Cases, 1793-1990, by Anne M. Butler. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Case 81, Horace Chilton, 1853-1932, Texas. Election Case, Appointment, December 7, 1891, to January 27, 1892. Issues. Challenge to Governor's authority to appoint before vacancy occurred. Chronology. Credentials presented December 7, 1891. Referred to Committee December 7, 1891. Committee Report January 25, 1892. Senate Vote January 27, 1892. Result, retained seat. Background. Early in 1891, Texas Senator John H. Reagan, Democrat, resigned his seat effective June 10, 1891. Upon receipt of that resignation, the state's governor, J.S. Hogg, appointed Tyler lawyer Horace Chilton, Democrat, to fill the vacancy. Chilton, a Texas native and former newspaper publisher, presented himself to the Senate on December 7, 1891. Statement of the Case Although the Senate immediately seated Chilton, his credentials were challenged by George F. Hoare, Republican of Massachusetts. Hoare agreed that Chilton clearly had a prima facie right to the seat, but questioned whether a governor could make an appointment before the effective date of a senator's resignation. Chilton's credentials bore the date April 25, 1891, but Reagan had not vacated his seat for another several weeks. At Hoare's request, the Senate referred the matter to the Committee on Privileges and Elections. Response of the Senate On January 25, 1892, the committee, composed of five Republicans and four Democrats, returned a unanimous report favorable to Horace Chilton. The committee had reviewed several similar cases that had occurred in earlier Congresses and found six precedents related to the Chilton appointment. In three of these cases, the appointees were admitted without question. In the other three, Uriah Tracy of Connecticut in 1801, C.K. 6, James Landman of Connecticut in 1825, C.K. 12, and Ambrose Sevier of Arkansas in 1836, C.K. 16, a question was raised. Tracy and Sevier were seated while Landman was refused admission. The Landman case was particularly perplexing because Senate records and contemporary documents did not fully clarify the basis for the Senate's decision. It was unclear whether Landman was not seated because the governor had acted in advance of the actual vacancy or because a governor could not fill a vacancy at the beginning of a new senatorial term. This question had been extensively discussed during Senate consideration of the 1879 case of Charles H. Bell, C.K. 71, 
and the Senate had decided the motivation in the Landman case was too unclear to make it useful as a precedent. As a result, the committee concluded that these earlier unclear circumstances freed the 1892 Senate from any binding precedents. Committee member George Hoare reversed his earlier objections, explaining that he had thought previous cases had indicated a governor could not make such an appointment, but the committee had found this was not the case. He spoke sympathetically about the hardships inflicted on the distant western states if an executive was forced to wait until an actual vacancy before naming a replacement. In recent years, he noted, the Senate had generally resolved such doubtful questions in ways that would keep the body's seats full. For the good of the public interest, therefore, Hoare recommended that Chilton be permitted to retain his place. He cited the case of Bell and the 1885 case of Henry W. Blair, CK 74, in both of which the Senate had decided that a governor could fill a vacancy at the beginning of a senatorial term if the legislature had failed to elect. Eugene Hale, Republican of Maine, asked whether a change in state executives between a resignation and its effective date would possibly place two claimants, each named by a different governor, before the Senate. Samuel Pascoe, Democrat of Florida, added a yet more complicated hypothetical problem that might develop between the governor and the state legislature, or swept aside their objections, asserting that they worried about dilemmas that might occur once in a thousand years. A rare contingency, Hoare concluded, should not dictate the usual. On January 27, 1892, the Senate agreed that if a senator resigned effective on some future date, a governor could anticipate the vacancy and name a replacement. Horace Chilton remained in the Senate. Conclusion Chilton served until a successor was elected in March 1892. Then, in 1894, the Texas legislature elected him to a full six-year term. After leaving the Senate in 1901, Chilton practiced law in Texas. He lived until 1932. End of Case 81, End of Section 83